solar day suddenly almost The little envelope just makes me cold Makes destination start to unfold Tell 
Hello and welcome again to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard and that was the unmistakable sound of the church and Destination, the opening track from their, what isn't seen as one of their definitive albums, Starfish. They're coming over here to the UK in the next few weeks to play that album in its entirety and I've recently had the amazing pleasure to talk to their frontman, bassist and key songwriter Steve Kilby about Starfish and the the shows coming up and a range of tracks from what is now almost a 40-year career. This is really, really a, a special podcast given that they are probably the, you know, the most important Australian band of their generation and have got such a wonderful following across the globe. So let's listen to my chat with Steve. Hello. Hi, Steve. It's uh, Jason here. How are you going? Hello. I'm over here in um, Britain, and uh, obviously uh, in the next few weeks you'll be coming over over to these shores to uh, play the uh, Starfish 30th anniversary shows. Um, I think you're doing uh, f- yep, that's correct. Four, four gigs in total across uh, England and Scotland? Um, it's, it's London. Yes, that's right. London, Manchester. Is it London, Manchester, Edinburgh and one other one? Yeah, I think it's two two in London. Oh, okay, okay, yes, all right, okay. <laughs> I, I guess it's, um, in terms of some of that material, it gives you a chance to, to play some tracks that, that you haven't played as frequently, including kind of, you know, that r- really brilliant opener to to Starfish, uh, Destination. Um, That's right, yeah. Well, this will be the this will be the putting Starfish to bed after this because we've done America, we've done Australia. So we're going to do it in Europe and England um, and... Mm. That'll be it. We won't ever do that in its entirety again. But yeah, I do like doing Destination. It's a lot of fun. That album was the first that you made on Arista, you know, a, a major yeah, yeah. US label and, and kind of really brought you to sort of much wider recognition outside of Australia. Yep, it did. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It sold. It went gold in America. It's probably done a million copies by now. Yeah. And uh, you you recorded over in it was it was it L.A. actually? Yeah, it was in L.A. Yeah, at the complex. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, within an American production team, I've I've read that that, that you heard the track uh, a track by Don Hendley that led you to kind of working with uh, Greg. Yeah, I like I like that track, Boys of Summer. Yeah, which he was like one of a bu- bunch of people who co-produced it. Um, yeah, I thought maybe they could bring something to the different to the table. Hmm. And then obviously the the second track on, on Starfish is Under the Milky Way and yeah. that was the song that catapulted you into the, to the yep. US mainstream. Um, that, that must have been uh, quite a ride that you had in terms of going into sort of wider public consciousness over there. Yeah, with everything that, what was it Freddie Mercury said, with everything that came with it, <laughs> all, the, all the ups and downs of that, yes, hmm. it was. And we weren't really ready for that. and. It was was a, quite a ride, yeah. And I've heard that in, in terms of that song, that was uh, after you wrote that, it, it it was just another song, and it was something that that was just uh, picked out of a demo. But was it by your manager? The manager, our manager heard it. He came to the producers and sort of insisted that 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 song would be on the album. So it was a kind of a black sheep. And for a little while, I worked on it on my own, and, and eventually, it was sort of reluctantly put on the album nobody was really very happy or keen on it but and it was the record company when they came down heard the record they went that one's the single and they 
sort of made that happen. That, that track has got a life of its own, has, has been taken to the hearts of uh, many fans, which is much wider than, than uh, the, the band themselves. Oh, yeah, the, so- the song's more famous than the band, for sure, definitely. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of their breath fades with the light I think about the loveless fascination Under the Milky Way tonight Lower the curtain down Lower the curtain down on right I got no time for private consultation Under the Milky Way tonight Wish I knew what you
a few of her, her tracks from that album really stand out. You know, like things like uh, North, South, East, West, which has got that sort of real guitar sound to it. Uh huh. In terms of those lyrics, am I right that it was influenced in in your time in America? Yeah, when we when we turned up to make the album, I didn't have um, a lot of lyrics, and um, yeah, I let sort of living in LA. I let that get into the lyrics, I guess, and that, yeah, it's a kind of a sort of a stranger in LA looking around. And that is one of the, the themes of, of 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 many of your lyrics. Is it's got that um, combined that the, the melodies and sound of the records with vignettes of of life, and has got that kind of real sort of intelligence element. I hope so. Yeah, that's the general idea for sure. Vain. The 
And there's also some some tracks off uh, Starfish that feel like uh, you know more band efforts. You know things like a Reptile that it feels like you that the group really hit their, their groove in that time. We did. We really did. The sessions we had to write the music were very productive. We wrote a lot of stuff quickly and we got the backing tracks that we wanted and then we went to America and sort of worked on them and worked on them and worked on them. But yeah, we we were in a very productive spot right then. Yeah, which has still come and gone. It doesn't always come that easily. When we tried to write the next album, I thought it was like very laboured and mm. the songs weren't coming as easily. And then the next album after that, Priestic was all they were they came easily again. So you never know what's going to happen. So there's an ebb and flow there. Mm. Yes, exactly. Thank you. 
The, the final track from uh, Starfish, Hotel Womb, is a, a track that you've, as a band live, frequently revisited over the years. Was it you who kind of led the, the writing of that track? Yeah, I, I wrote that one. The idea was we were each going to write a track and then all the other tracks were going to be co-writes from the, among the band. And then when Under the Milky Way got stuck on the album, I ended up having two tracks. So, but Hotel Womb was originally my sort of one track that I was writing on my own. Yeah, and, and, and yes, we've done it over the years. We've sort of, there, you know, there are a few tracks off Starfish we've always keep, you know, we always do Reptile. We always do Under the Milky Way and sort of Hotel Wombs sort of in half the shows. Mm. Um, north, South, East and West comes and goes sporadically too. Mm. And as you said, this is this is your opportunity to kind of put the, the set as a whole to bed in terms of that 30th anniversary. Yes, yep. Play the whole damn thing, play it to everyone in the world who wants to hear it, and then put it away and it'll go back to, like, songs from that album sporadically appearing in our set. Sun 
second half of that show has a, a wider range of, of material from across uh, yes. the church. It's, it's our, what we call our mixed bag. Mm. Sort of like, yeah, old ones, new ones, weird ones, powerful ones, you know, strange ones. Hmm. Yeah, the second half of the show will be a mixture. And since 2014, you, you've, you've got a, a new guitarist, Ian, Ian Hogue, and yeah. seems to have brought a, a, a real sort of dynamism uh, to the band, uh, you know, tracks like Miami. Was that, that, yeah, was, that yeah, was the yeah. first track that you wrote with Ian? Yeah, yeah, uh, that was written with Ian. Um, yeah, Ian gave the band um, a really big kick up the arse, and so did um, Jeffrey Kane. When Jeffrey, mm. we've got Jeffrey Kane, who's like the fifth member of the band now, he's he's sort of, um, he's augmenting us, but he's really, he's more or less joined. So often we have a three-guitar attack. So yeah, uh, Jeffrey and Ian have really brought a lot of muscle and power to the band for sure. And Miami for me has got a bit of a, a Bowie feel, and I know that he is, uh, as with many people, an influence. I think everything I do has a bit of a Bowie feel. I didn't think that one any more than anything else, but if you hear it, it's mm. yeah, everything I do has got a bit of David Bowie always. <laughs>
think I mentioned I met someone else A compassion of tears Oh, they were like tiny bells She was better than both of us I should have stayed my hand I should have stayed in my
going to your latest album, yeah. uh, Man, Woman, Life, Death, Infinity, tracks like Another Century. Yeah. I've read that that was a, an album where you kind of prepared in advance of going to the studio rather than improvising. Um, we wrote a lot of tracks. We wrote an awful lot of music for that record. And then, look, I'm sorry to say, I think our, pro, our democratic, after we'd written all those tracks, I think our democratic process let us down. And I think mm. we ended up sort of, um, we ended up doing the songs everyone could just agree on that they wanted to do. But there were quite a few left off that I thought were yeah. worth doing. But And I, I think everybody, you know, we probably had 40 tracks. So there were a lot of tracks that didn't get done. When I say tracks, I don't mean songs. I mean just pieces of music that could turn into songs. Mm. So mm. But then the fact that I think four of us all voted on what we wanted and what we didn't want, I think that made the album a little bland. Yeah, I think we could have some bit more, yeah. you know, shaking it up a bit more. But that's sort of what the committee decided on. Mm. So in terms of your next album, that would be something that you'll look to kind of respond to I think, look, I think on the next album I've got to step in more and go, mm. I've got to, somebody has to take more charge. I think having four equal people is all right in most regards. I'm happy for us to all write the music equally, but I think at the end, I think I need to step in more and say, no, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do that. It, that's easier said than done because, you know, people... Mm. You know, when you have a democracy, it's sort of democracies are good and they're bad. You know, they're you can only be as you know if everybody's sort of got a veto in this band. So you get a piece of music and three of us want to do it. And one guy goes, "No, I don't want to do that," and that's the end of it. Mm. I like that when it works out for me, being the one with the veto. But when it's everybody's got a veto, I, I, I don't know. I think I think we've just got to I think we've got to write less material for the next one if there is ever a next one. There may never be a next one. And I'd be kind of happy if there was never an, a next one as well. I mean, I, I'm not happy, but I would be I would be satisfied with that. I think we've made enough records. If we never make another one, I don't think it will matter. But if we do make another one, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to take more charge to get it. I think out of the doldrums that I think that that last. I, mm. Look, I think there's three or four brilliant songs on that last record, but. I don't think overall it's as good as further deeper.
In terms of that, that second half of the set, you'll be touching on some of the bigger hits as well as um, yeah. tracks. All our hits. We'll be doing all our hits, all four of them, and <laughs> um, the ones that are the starfish. Um, and, you know, there'll be, I think, something for everybody. It's a pretty... Remember, like, we've got 400 songs, and we're only... That second half is only going to have 10 or 11 songs. So by very... By necessity, it's, it can't be we can't do everything everybody wants it's just not possible we have to play 10 nights you know mm. and there will always because there's so many songs there's always going to be a song somebody doesn't get to hear yeah but it's i think it's as close as possible to sort of a, a smattering you know like a, a taster of everything but there will always be disgruntled punters who didn't hear the one they wanted to hear <laughs> yeah because obviously one one of those uh, tracks is the unguarded moment, but the, the church are kind of one of that handful of of yeah. bands, you know, especially guitar bands who, who come through the eighties with a timeless sound that that didn't kind of generally speaking date from the era. Yeah, that's true. Um, we're classicists, mm. you know. We all we love the Beatles, we love Bolan, we love Bowie, we love the Birds, we love Dylan, we love the Stones, Lou Reed. 
they're our values. Um, we didn't try and sound like stuff that was happening in the 80s and we don't didn't try and sound like stuff happening in the 90s. We sort of always hark back to that golden era and mm. therefore we sort of sometimes we're in fashion and sometimes we're not. It doesn't really matter anymore. We've been going 40 years. It's sort of, it doesn't really matter. We're sort of off the wheel of fashion and we're just a sort of a, like a vintage band doing our thing. I knew you'd find me crying Tell those girls with rifles for minds That their jokes don't make me laugh They only make me feel like dying In unguarded moments Between mirages, I knew you'd find me drinking. Tell those men with horses for hearts that their jabs don't make me bleed. They only make me feel like shrinking in unguarded moments.
albums and songs, you know, like the album Priest Equals Aura, that, yeah. that may have not got the recognition at the time, you know, tracks like Ripple, that now uh, have so much acclaim? Yes. Well, you know, sometimes you're just ahead of your time and people can't dig it. I was really disappointed. I guess when Priest Equals Aura came out, people were getting into grunge or Brit rock neither of which really suited, mm. neither of them really, which was sort of the pre-sequel Zora could be. A, I mean, pre-sequel Zora is a, as opposite as you can get from grunge and brick pop. Mm. It's, um, you know, it's sort of, it's dense, it's literary, it's sophisticated, it's um, got a sort of a European feel, widescreen. And when it came out at the time, not that many people wanted that, you know, they sort of wanted Pearl Jam or, blur or something but i think um i think if you put priest equals aura on now it sounds a lot better than most grunge records but <laughs> you know you've got to you've got to wear the slings and arrows of <laughs> you know outrageous fortune and priest equals aura got bad reviews when it came out now when people reassess it they give it glowing reviews and i can see it for the I, you know i'm sorry i don't i think it's a masterpiece i reckon it's one of the <laughs> i think it's easily our best record and i think it's one of the best records came out in the 90s that i've ever heard mm. but you know people didn't weren't really ready for it at the time tiny baby so naive i can't believe what you You were once so happy here It may not be Eden or summer in Greece You may not even find the golden fleece In the drag of this atmosphere Now I
To close, um, you get asked a lot about the, the four songs that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. What are the the song or songs that that you don't get asked about that you feel deserve that that wider uh, attention or, or songs that are, are your personal favourites? Well, I think well, Precinct was always got a load of those songs, songs like Kings mm. and um, the opening track Aura and short track of Swan Lake. I think there's tracks on, on our kind of strange middle period, like songs off after everything, like Numbers and Invisible, mm. and then Forget Yourself, which was a wild ride, like a wild psychedelic kind of Mushrooms album. I think there's a bunch of songs on there, Sea Line and Telepath. Mm. I think, yeah, I think there's a load of songs that I can't even keep them. I, you know, I... I can't even think of them all. Um, you know, probably in a week's time, I'll be listening to something and go, oh, God, I should have mentioned that one. Hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of no. really good songs that hmm. have never, no one's ever thought about or had got any acclaim. And I think in a sort of, a, in another world, people would really have loved them. But it's just the way everything kind of worked out that we didn't get that. It just didn't work out like that. But they're always there. And, um, you know, if you get into the church, there's a lot of fucking material for you to discover. And I think 95% of our output is really good. There's very little mm. absolute rubbish in there. There's only one or two songs I think are rubbish. And I, I think even when we're just ordinary, I still think we're quite good. Mm. And that's why you've had that fan base that has stuck with you over the last 40 years because of the sort of consistency of quality of the songwriting and, and musicianship? I guess it is, yeah. We've never sold out. We've never gone cheesy. Mm. We've sort of had hard times and um, we just kept going. We just kept persevering. And we're so, I guess we have that elusive quality of integrity 
you've kind of become now one of those classic bands that you looked up to? I hope so, yes. That's all you can hope to be, yeah. We've become a classic band. We are ourselves. We, I think we've transcended all our influences. I think, you know, you can still find the bit Bowie and the Beatles and the Dylan and the Bolan and stuff in our music, but it doesn't overshadow it. We're, I think the church is the church, and a lot of people have been influenced by the church, and a lot of people who don't say they've been influenced by the church, and a lot of people who've come out and said, I've been influenced by the church, like really strange people have sort of been influenced by the church, like Green Day. I read an interview with him in Guitar Player, and he said, my favorite two guitar band I ever saw was the church. So, you know, all, you know you've got the Smashing Pumpkins and, um, you know, the Killers and, um, mm. you know, bands in England who never who were influenced by us but never gave us a name check because they sort of wanted to seem like they had come up with all those ideas. Yeah. But, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm proud of what we've done and what we've achieved and what we go on doing, um, you know, 40 years in and we're still rocking hard and enjoying it. Brilliant. Well, it'll be great to have you uh, back in, in Britain. I sh- oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, yeah. Yeah. In summer. Yeah, hopefully you'll get you'll yeah. catch, a, catch a bit of sun yeah. over here. Hopefully the weather yeah. will change. Okay, mate. Nice one. Uh, thank you so much for your, your time, Steve. Take care. Okay, bye.
traffic and the rain are blending The water meters, the fire escapes Children in the present moment ending Nobody knows their phony shapes you for listening to the strange brew podcast if you do like the show please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online it's been almost 10 years since i started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time all your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests to support me just go to the strangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the home page thank you very much Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.